welcome to the Live to Shoot podcast. My name is Jeff Dowell and I've been a licensed firearm dealer for the last 13 years. I'm passionate about our Second Amendment rights and in this podcast we'll just talk about all things related to the Second Amendment as well as maybe I might throw in a sports story, a movie topic, or as in this last few weeks, election topics. So before we get into some of the other things I want to talk about, the, yesterday we did a college tour with my son that's a senior and went to the University of North Texas. So we have narrowed his choices down to uh, North Texas, TCU, and Oklahoma State because he wants to be a sports journalist. And those have actual specific sports journalist programs. And so we took a tour of the campus. Very nice campus. They have a relationship with the Dallas Cowboys. So that went a long way to um, selling him on a possible choice of University of North Texas. His preference has always been uh, TCU. I am a TCU grad, and he has been a TCU fan since he's been able to walk. And just don't know if the economics will play out to get him to be able to go to TCU. They also have an excellent sports journalism program as well. So we will stay tuned and stay up to date. Following the campus tour, uh, Shelly and I drove down to downtown Dallas and participated in a Stop the Steal Trump march outside of Dallas City Hall. And it was amazing. The number of people there, I, I'm bad with numbers. It was well over Three or 4,000 people. I'm guessing close between five and 10,000 people that were there. Dana Loesch spoke. Alan West spoke. And then we did a march around Dallas. And it covered, you know, five or six blocks as we trailed along. And somehow along the way, I made it up to where I was actually the one leading the march. I was in the front of the group, me and two other ladies, but it was a great time. A lot of great patriots there, a lot of enthusiasm for our president. And, you know, we met, you know, we met some negative reception along the way, got flipped off several times. You know, we saw some Black Lives Matter signs popping up, but overall, I mean, it was completely peaceful. Nothing like that's what's happened in D.C. So um, in D.C., this, the, the main march, happened yesterday and I haven't seen official numbers, but the pictures were amazing. The number of people there uh, with hundreds of thousands of people, I would guess. I don't know if they made the million mark or not. I may never know how to really count those numbers, but, and as true to form, Black Lives Matter, Antifa showed up, started uh, attacking assaulting people, rioting, you know, breaking windows, doing all of, of, of their typical things, while none of the uh, Trump supporters were doing anything. In fact, you know, whenever we finished up the march back at City Hall, Shelly and I made a comment about cleaning up, and by the time we got back to City Hall, you could almost not even tell that any of the Trump people supporters had even been there. Couldn't even tell that, you know, that thousands and thousands of people had been conveying there. There was no trash, nothing. Um, you know, some of the speakers were still up. Some of the vendors had their tables still up. But other than that, it was completely back to the way it had uh, been before we got there, which is, you know, always leave things cleaner than, than it was when you got there. So it was a great day. Great. A lot of signs for the sport for our president. Now, you know, as we look at what's going on currently, uh, it, you know, it's difficult times. I will tell you that there is nothing uh, new under the sun. 
If you have not heard the story of the Battle of Athens, and that's not Athens, Greece, it's Athens, Tennessee, you need to uh, check it out. I'll give you a little synopsis of it, but it tells you that the Democrats have been practicing this for a long time. The 1946, the soldiers uh, come back from uh, war. They've been gone you know, for several years, and over the last decade, the Democratic county sheriff there had taken control and had ruled that county through intimidation and fraud and through every means possible, every election had not had been fraudulent. And the soldiers came back and decided that they wanted to take control. So they, they went about it doing the through the normal means. They created their own party, a combination of veterans, of Republican Democrats. And they went ahead to run, uh, selected several candidates to run in various offices and went to proceed that. But as the election grew near, you know, things turned south and the sheriff took all the ballot boxes, locked them inside the city hall where nobody could watch them being counted. And essentially there was a uprising. The soldiers armed, attacked the city hall, demanded access to the ballots and ultimately overthrew and was able to get a fair election process underway. But again, two things that it demonstrates is that the importance of our Second Amendment rights, they were armed, not very well. The war had left, you know, very little ammunition, but they had, they used what was at their means and were able to succeed in uh, gaining control fairly and having fair elections during that time. But, you know, since the, the techniques used were very similar to what you're seeing today. Poll watchers were not allowed to be participant when they counted. They couldn't inspect the ballot boxes, you know, mysterious ballots showing up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we have to keep our eye on the ball. Another topic, you know, again, is that election fraud and hacking is definitely a real thing. And if you don't believe me, you know, here we have Georgia is it being in the spotlight and Georgia has actually been in the spotlight basically since about 2004 around their election process and the potential for it to be hacked. And in fact, from about 2014 uh, to 2017, the election was hacked, uh, the system was hacked several times, at least known four t different times that it was hacked, mostly by friendly foes that did not really do any damage, but they demonstrated that it was that it was possible. Uh, you had the gubernatorial, gubernatorial election, a gubernatorial race between uh, Stacey Abrams and Governor Kemp that uh, Stacey Abrams has yet to concede. She says that she won that and that it was uh, fraudulent and you know, looking at things today, there there's a good chance that it that it may have been. There's some a lot of things very similar to that election, statistical anomalies that just can could not happen in that election. Um, but now we are seeing it in a far greater widespread process across the, the many many states now. And I will there's an article that I will link to about Logan Lamb, who was the one that really tried to bring the light the election flaws, the security flaws within Georgia's uh, system 
attempt. And, you know, the attempt then, the ultimate attempt that Georgia did to resolve these issues is to bring in the Dominion system, which they kind of went from the frying pan to the fire. And so we see what that uh, has meant as well. So, you know, there's nothing uh, new. This is something that we've got to keep our eye on. And I don't know where this is going to end up. I think, you know, our liberty and this republic are at risk and and not so much as much now from a Biden presidency as the from the risk of not being able to rely on our our election process, not knowing whether these people are truly elected or not. And questions always arising, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat that has won if they were truly elected by the, the will of the people and not by the will of, of either the systems, foreign actors, what have you. So we have got to resolve this one way or the other. We have to come to a, a, a state where we can count on our election process to be fair and unbiased as we move forward. So then that turns to, you know, the next process, you know, I don't know where the, the Republic, where the presidential election is going to land, but now whenever we look to the Senate runoffs in Georgia, that is critical for our, our, our liberty and the protection of our second amendment rights. We've, we've got a currently a 50 to 48 count in the Senate with the two runoffs of Purdue and Leffler, with Purdue and Leffler's seats. If we can maintain those, we at least maintain the Senate and be able to at least hopefully prevent a lot of, one, the court packing of the uh, Supreme Court and any, you know, crazy gun laws that they might try and implement along the way. Now, there's a whole other topic about using uh, regulatory means to enact those laws through backdoor processes that might be what I might talk about next week. But right now, what we need to do is we need to focus on the Georgia Senate races. We need to support those candidates, donate money. And if the Trump train can make its way down there and help, you know, watch the election process and make sure it's a fair and just election that we can that we can all rely on count on. That is what we have to do. But we need to continue to support our president. He needs to continue to fight this fight. I don't believe he lost that election. I believe this was an overwhelming victory. I don't think they anticipated the the size that he was going to be leading, which caused them to make some quick decisions that potentially is what's, is what led to some of these suspicions coming into light and might be potentially their downfall. So again, continue to support our president. Stay you know, tuned to this podcast. I'll give you updates as I can. And I appreciate you listening. If you, as always, if you like this, subscribe to it, give it five stars. Uh, I will put my contact information in the, in the show notes. I'll link to the article about Logan Lamb and uh, continue to listen. And I will talk to you next week.